Ave Maria Mutual Funds, seeking the moral high ground for 20 years. Pro-life, pro-family, and Catholic values have guided us to the top. If you look at the victories of God's people in the scriptures going back to the Old Testament as well as with Jesus in the New Testament, whenever God's people fasted and they were doing battle, they won every time. And so just as God ordained in his wisdom and providence that the laws of gravity would work, he's ordained that there is a law that fasting is required to overcome evil. Hello, my friends. So we are coming upon the Synod on Synodality. We've had all sorts of warnings from hierarchy in the church about how terrible this is going to be. We've already known from what we've seen at LifeSite, the personal picks of the Pope are some of the most heretical cardinals in the world. And so this has been dubbed the Synod on Sodomy uh, by Liz Yor on Faith and Reason. It is looking like something very foreboding for the church. Cardinal Burke just warned last week about the threat that it is to the whole church. So at LifeSite, we are launching a pledge to pray and fast during the Synod, both in reparation to our Lord for the offenses that will be committed there, and in pleading with our Lord to save his church. Remember, it's his church. He's still in charge, but he asks us to participate. With me for this episode is uh, the fellow who talks to us most about fasting. His name is Drew Mason. He's the one that LifeSite has partnered with uh, to get families secure um, in terms of their gold investments, so that gold and silver, but precious metals, to be able to sustain themselves in the times to come. And uh, we're going to be talking about prayer and fasting during this Synod on Synodality in reparation and in begging our Lord to take care of his church. Stay tuned. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality and everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have Father James Martin as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supic, Cardinal Tobin. These picks of the Pope to engage in this synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy. And at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ and his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, 
we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until we had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted. But we're starting it up again. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality. And uh, we'll be there to strategize with His Eminence, with His Excellency, and with many life and family leaders from around the world. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. And may God bless you. Drew Mason, so good to be with you as always. Praise be Jesus. Great to be with you, John Henry. And happy feast day as we record this. A wonderful day for Our Lady. Amen to that. So let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Drew, we're coming upon this synod. Tell us, first of all, the role that prayer and fasting has in terms of being able to avoid calamity and assist, and why why God wants this from us rather than just doing it anyway himself. Well, John Henry, if you look at the victories of God's people in the scriptures going back to the Old Testament as well as with Jesus in the New Testament, whenever God's people fasted and they were doing battle, they won every time. And so just as God ordained in his wisdom and providence that the laws of gravity would work, he's ordained that there is a law that fasting is required to overcome evil. And as Jesus very explicitly told us in what I think we would all conclude if we reflect on this was one of his most important teachings of his entire ministry. And that was to say, hey, Christians, you can pray all day long. When evil's strong, you're going to lose every time. You will lose, Christians, every time if you stop at prayer. doesn't matter what kind of prayer. And then he explicitly told the disciples, when evil is strongest, you must supplement the prayer with fasting. And that teaching was so powerful, as we had talked about on a, a prior episode, that the bishops had those specific verses removed from the Catholic Bible. So basically erasing the awareness of Catholics. And it happened in a parallel instance in the Protestant Bibles as well in the 1960s, erasing our understanding of fasting as being necessary to overcome evil. And since we've lost that understanding, look at what has happened to the church, to the world. We've been on our heels, you know, being buffeted and losing battle after battle. So at this juncture, however, John Henry, people may be really dismayed about what's going on in the church, but I would submit, I think this is a time of great hope that what has begun to happen is that believers are awakening. The masks that the wolves have been wearing that made us think they were friendly and sheep are slipping. And we are realizing who we are dealing with in the leadership of the church is exactly who Jesus warned us and who Paul warned us about in scriptures and who saint after saint in the Catholic church has warned us about. And Jesus was clear. You will know the spirit by their fruits, not by what they say, because anyone can talk a good game, but by their fruits. And mm -hmm. you brought up this synod. We saw 
previously, Bergoglio led many in pagan prayer in the Vatican. It was a disgrace. And that is what we should expect moving forward. Catholics, don't be upset about this. Just realize this is what Jesus told us was going to happen. And when we're awake to this reality, we can't be ambushed. And we have the tools. He's given us the tools we need to prayer and fasting, to overcome evil, to take back our church. And then we'll be able to take back our nation as well. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one-ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com, where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Drew, if you can take us through some fasting, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to join. Um, if you go to LifeSite, by the way, you can sign up to make a pledge to pray and fast um, with us during this time of the Synod. But People are going to want to be able to join in, but some of them are going to be intimidated. I know we've talked to before about the prime way, if you could say, to fast, and that is on bread and water, as is suggested by the DDK, um, and as explained to us also by Our Lady of Medjugorje, um, that prayer and fasting, this fasting, this way on bread and water, um, on Wednesdays and Fridays is the sort of the preferred way of the church. We're sort of taking that on at LifeSite where we're suggesting fasting uh, on Wednesdays and Fridays as well for the Synod. But what are some ways that people can get used to fasting who, who maybe aren't used to it at all? Perhaps some people with some medical conditions or some, some business positions that don't allow them a full kind of a fast like that. What can they do? I know also you you engaged in um, uh, uh, an Esther fast that was very, very um, <laughs> arduous. So there's all sorts of levels of fasting. If you could take us through some of them, that would be great. Okay. So um, yes, the Didache that you referenced and other um, works by early church founders, fathers, said that Wednesday and Friday fasting is obligatory. Again, Satan has just done so much to confuse us and have us lower our guard, but it is obligatory. And when you first hear that, you think, oh my gosh, that's going to be so painful, so difficult. But one of the really beautiful teachings that Our Lady had for us in Medjugorje is how actually easy bread and water fasting is. I think Satan wants you to think that in order for a fast to have any merit, it has to be so arduous, so painful, that you have to hardly be able to walk or think straight. You're going to have you know, all these physical ramifications from it. And Our Lady explains it's just the opposite. That God is just looking for us to make a little sacrifice, but to do it with joy. So bread and water fasting, as the first century Christians did it, is such that you need to be able to maintain your strength. If you're a roofer, or if you're a mover, or a craftsman, or if you're 
a film producer or whatever your job is in your day-to-day -day life, if you're a mother, you need to have the strength to continue your duties. And so by having good bread, 100% whole grain bread, as they used to have, that will be loaded, 100% whole grains, loaded with B vitamins, loaded with protein, and you can add on to it some butter or some olive oil or some avocado spread if you need it. You can add something on. And if you're really hungry, have six or seven pieces. Have two loaves of bread. And if you're thirsty, have a gallon. The idea isn't that you're going to be unable to function. It's that you're just saying to God, Lord, this is a tiny sacrifice. Your sacrifice on the cross was immense. This is minuscule. But I make this little sacrifice with joy. I'm happy to do it for you, Lord. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us as we fast. Because when you're doing that, you're going to be thinking, when, you, when you're fasting in that way, you're going to realize it's not that hard. This is a little sacrifice. And viewers, from what Our Lady has shared with us, I want to say to you, you will be so happy. I promise you, you will be so happy if you make this effort to go above and beyond what the current church thinks is necessary. If you make this effort to fast, you're going to forget in two weeks what you're going to have for lunch this Wednesday. You won't remember. But in 5,000 years, when we're all dead, you're going to be looking back on, on this Wednesday's fast. And when God revealed to you all the good that came from your little sacrifice, you're like, I can't believe it, Lord. That was such a little sacrifice. All that good came from it. So you will be so glad that you made this effort for eternity. It's like a bouquet you give to the Lord that never fades. You're still going to be celebrating. So the difficulty is really not that intense. You mentioned, John Henry, what about people who have medical conditions? It seems to me every Catholic priest in North America goes to the same doctor and they all tell him you can't fast. So what I would suggest that believers do is if a doctor tells you you can't have whole grain bread with butter, olive oil, or avocado, something like that, and water, then to say to him or her, why not? Show me the medical research that says fasting of this type, cleaning out your system that's so physically good for you is so bad for you. And obviously, if you know they, they push hard, you have to do what your conscience leads you to believe. But I have yet to see, and I welcome anyone to show me I'm wrong, any medical research that says fasting like this is not good for you. The one last point to your question I want to address, John Henry, is the other ploy that Satan has used around fasting in our day that has blindsided many is to call dieting fasting. The difference between fasting and dieting is enormous. Dieting is when you choose to adjust what you eat for physical health. The primary objective is to lose weight, to get you know, uh, more muscular, lose fat, whatever the case is. If that's your primary end goal, and then that means you're dieting. So they may call it, um, you know, whatever the fast is, but it's not as dieting. And I make that clear distinction because you want to say, I'm doing this primarily for the Lord. You're going to get all the physical benefits from it as well. But, and that's another reason to have bread and water. No one will tell you you want to have a bread diet if you're trying to get in shape, right? I think John Henry, in years ahead, science will realize what heaven's recommending to us is so good for us physically, but most importantly, that distinction will transition your diet from something that begins to lose its benefit as soon as you take another morsel 
to a fast where that benefit again is eternal for you. And the protection that it brings to your family is addictive. Our Lady said that if we will do novenas of fasting, and as you mentioned earlier today, John Henry, of reparation, evil will have to stay far from you. Now that is an incredible promise. I want any parent who's watching this or anybody who's watching this to just think about somebody they love, who you look at their life, you look at the direction they're going in, and you think, oh my gosh, it's almost tragic. It's like you can see bad decision after bad decision. You know the influence where that's coming from. They say, if we do novenas of fasting or renunciation, so I would say three days a week is a novena, plus you know, including what we're obligated to, evil will just stay far from you and your family. How beautiful, powerful, and life-changing that is, John Henry. What a great gift the Lord is holding out to all of us. What do, you, what do you think of this concept, Drew? So in my conversations with a number of exorcists and exorcist helpers, uh, I was just on with Father Carlos Martins, with Dan Schneider, um, and I've spoken you know, with, with Father Ripperger and others. They mentioned this thing about fathers and the permission almost the demon has to ask to fathers because they're the heads of the household to sort of get to their wives and children. So I think this call to uh, fasting is particularly for dads, heads of households. Um, and how does that relate to what you're saying about protection for your children? John Henry, what I was thinking about before we started filming, for whatever reason, was the thought came to me of how Satan really does attack fathers. And since you brought this up, one thing I would like to say, I think there are so many dads, fathers who are watching, who may be watching this, who feel like there's such disappointments, maybe even such failures, for whatever reason. I think for a lot of people, it's, I haven't, you know, given my family something better. They deserved more. And I, I feel horribly as a dad, I wasn't able to give them something more. That is Satan trying to discourage all these dads, put them down. What does it say to you? Just offer up any disappointments you have to the Lord. You will just crush evil. You will just beleaguer it, manhandle it. And don't feel that way. Recognize that is Satan trying to discourage you. And by fasting, like you're saying, John Henry, the ability to just drive evil from your family is such a powerful tool to be able to take authority because we do have authority over evil. In one of the translations in scripture, Jesus said, you are easily fooled because you do not know scripture or the power of God. So we're fooled into thinking we have to be on our heels with evil. We see its strength in the world, but that's not true with us. We have the tools to expel evil, to drive it away, to drive it away from your bride and your children. You want to step up, recognize that, that we have those, that authority from the Lord and bring about this wonderful transformation in your family. The, I wanted to address just quickly, for those of you who might not have seen the show before, when Drew was talking about the elimination from the scriptures about fasting, uh, you can actually check this yourself. Drew, what are those verses that were removed, uh, particularly the one in Matthew, that they can look up for themselves? Okay, so 
The way to find it, the Catholic translation was the Douay Reims for years. So in Douay Reims, uh, Matthew, and I believe is chapter 17, and you want to look at maybe verse 19 to 22. And my recollection is it'll be verse 21 that in the new current versions that are used at mass today, or if you look at, I believe it's the ESV, the NIV, um, as well as the new Catholic Bibles, that verse 21 will be missing. You'll read it in a sequentially, it'll be verse 18, 19, uh, 20, 22. You think what happened? You go back, you look at the Douay Reims and you see verse 21 says, this is a special case that requires fasting. In Mark, it's chapter nine, and in the Douay Reims, it's verse 28, I believe, 928. In the newer versions, it's 929. And you'll see, again, the reference to the need to fast, to overpower, and to win in the face of evil has been entirely eliminated by the Catholic bishops in the 1960s. Yeah. And what's stunning about what you said, too, because it was done uh, simultaneously by the Protestant groups, so in their traditional version, the King James and the New King James version, it's still there about yeah. prayer and fasting when the demons right. are too powerful, but uh, yeah. it's missing in the other, uh, in the NIV and the other Protestant versions. So it is stunning that this happens and it's stunning that it's done. Um, and it's interesting because as you said, it's the weapon when Satan's too strong. The story goes, the, the apostles couldn't cast out the demon and Jesus does. And then they go to him afterward and say, Lord, what was all that? And he explains that some can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. And that reference from Mark that you brought up is actually hilarious. And it shows, in addition to how clear it is to show from Matthew, how clear it is because the, the verse is actually missing. It goes 20, uh, 22, and you're missing 21 altogether. Uh, and if you look at the notes, they'll probably say something about it being missing. But then uh, in Mark, it's kind of ridiculous because... Uh, our Lord says to them there, uh, some can be cast out only by prayer. Like, duh, what do you think we were doing? That is what they were doing. They were doing it with prayer and it wasn't working. So anyway, very, very bizarre. It it does show uh, some real monkey business. Um, and it, it's very effective for the devil to want to eliminate the very tool that us weak humans can use to uh, get rid of them. Um, and so it's it's quite stunning. So with regard to the helps that fasting provides in terms of kicking out the devil from our lives, but we're also doing this in reparation to our Lord. Can you uh, explain that for us as, as we close out? Well, John Henry, um, I would say, you know, many people will tell believers that fasting, meaning abstaining from TV, let me, let me be clear. Many people will tell believers abstaining from TV is fasting or turning off the radio is fasting. I would submit to you that there is, that, that is not biblically supported, that fasting is only to do with the diet. When you make an incremental sacrifice and you turn off TV or you kneel down and you pray a rosary in reparation, uh, and pray a rosary, you know, doing something extra aside from fasting, that is more um, of reparation and of uh, penance. It's distinct from fasting. And Our Lady has made that clear. 
you need the fasting and reparation in order to keep evil far from you. And you know, we've seen as, as you highlight on many occasions that the great saints would pray in reparation to our Lord, knowing how much he loves us, how much he is hurt by all that he's done for us, right? I mean, imagine dying the death that Jesus did and to see then people just totally scoffing at the rules he asked us to live by. How hurt would you be if that was something, if it was your son who you gave up like that and then you saw the whole world essentially just spitting in his face with the way they live? And so the idea of going to the Lord in reparation and just saying, again, my contribution to you, Lord, my prayer, my sacrifice is nothing. It's like a grain of sand on the beach. But I gladly give it to you, Lord, with joy, hoping that this can be a comfort for your heart. And so that you'll know so many of us are so grateful to you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Amen to that. So thank you, Drew. I want to encourage people, go to lifesightnews.com slash prayer-pledges. That's where we have all of our prayer pledges. And uh, this one is lifesightnews.com slash prayer-pledges slash synod. Um, and that's where you can join us. You'll see the link at the homepage at LifeSite News as well. Um, uh, Henry, if I could just say one thing to the audience, don't be discouraged by what's going on with the bishops. We are at the threshold of an extraordinary revival in the Catholic Church. Our future is so bright. Don't be discouraged at all. Just keep praising the Lord because we are going to take back the church and it's going to be a beautiful new day. Amen. One last and final thing I want to uh, let you all know as well that at the end of the Synod, right at the end, that means the end of the month of October, LifeSite News is hosting our Rome Life Forum, a yearly strategy session for leaders on life, faith, family, and freedom in Rome. We're going to be speaking to what just happened at the Synod, and we're going to be strategizing on how we can work together in this crisis of the church, what we can do together to confront it. Go to romelifeforum.com to learn more. Thank you so much, Drew, for being with us. God bless you. Thank you, John Henry. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.